You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. All wide now on the charge, Major Meister. He's hunting around them, the Cranbourne Cup winner. 29-2 down the back, AEG's White Sox. He's flat strap on the Great Ocean Road real estate home turn, but he's got a couple of metres. Sicario and out wide, Major Meister. The Grimson team are in hot pursuit. It's out wide going up Major Meister, Sicario Max Delight is on the charge out wide, Sicario and Major Meister, the stable mates in a duel for the Bendigo Cup, Major Meister Major Meister's come from last beaten the stable mate Sicario and Max Delight charged late into third Triple Eight was... Fl- Great result wasn't it for Jason Grimson there in the Bendigo Cup on Saturday night uh, $7 Major Meister, $7 Sicario and Max Delight uh, $8 chance. I suppose the story of the race is at Rock and Roll Do, who worked around into the death seat and he looked to be under pressure a fair way out. Chris Barsby is joining us. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Just on the on the winner, first of all, he probably wins by a bigger margin. Had it, had it not been for the interference that when Rock and Roll Do ran off the track, he, he actually checked or Major Meister was quite uh, badly interfered with at that point. Well, Steve, it was quite a bizarre incident. Rock and Roll Do was, was choking off, so as a result, driver Michael Stanley was easing him out of the race, so therefore he was going to the outside, but runs were coming at that crucial stage of the race, and that's when Major Meister was letting go with a sprint. So obviously Cam Hart uh, just didn't see him and, and wasn't aware of what was happening in front of him. So as a result, Major Meister's run straight into the back, and I mean that literally, uh, of Michael Stanley. Left Michael Stanley in a lot of pain. He's ended up with some fractures of his uh, L1 and L3 vertebrae. So he's going to be out of action anywhere between four to six weeks. So therefore, we need a new driver for rock and roll, do. But on the winner, Steve, Major Meister, he probably wins by a bigger margin if he didn't have that interference there at a really important stage of the race. Now, Jason Grimson, who's taking all before him, he missed out at the Cobram Cup on uh, Sunday afternoon for memory. Shepparton Cup this Saturday night. He's got Major Meister nominated. He's got Sicario nominated. He's got I Cast No Shadow, the Inter-Dominion winner nominated. And he's also got Majestic Cruiser, who we saw here take out the Blacks of Fake back in July, nominated. So whether they all accept remains to be seen. But uh, just scanning the nominations, he's going to play a really strong hand again this weekend in the Shepparton Cup. So with Rock and Roll Do, he just, he even, he didn't look comfortable prior to that incident, did he? Chris wanted to hang? Um... Yeah, he, he's he's a little bit gangly, this horse, Rock and Roll Do. Uh, he's a big fella, and uh, he, he probably doesn't have the, the, the smoothest sort of style about him. So, obviously, there was a, a major issue going down the back straight uh, final time. Uh, he was back at the trials last night. I spoke with Anthony Butt, who's now going to be taking the drive on Rock and Roll Do. So, his next start, uh, next start will be Saturday week. That's the Ballarat Cup. And then after that, he's got the Hunter Cup, and then they'll focus on taking him back to New Zealand for the slot race over there. So I, I, I placed a call to Ange this morning, and he just said he, he was super at the trials last night. Felt like an absolute beast. So no issues, no scarring coming out of Saturday night's Bendigo Cup. Full steam ahead. So Anthony Bunn has been locked in, and he'll be taking his first drive behind Rock and Roll dude, Saturday week in the Ballarat Cup. Okay, interesting stuff. Mark Ducks is with us. Well, Mark Ducks had a huge hand to play here on Saturday night, and he delivered a training treble. 
no surprise, I suppose the biggest surprise, how long it's been since Mark Duck's trained to treble. And we had to get our record man onto it, Darren Clayton, and he's been able to dig up the stats. It was back in 2006, his last training treble. But Darren dug a little further. The last Metro training treble that Mark Ducks had was the year prior, back in 2005. The man of the moment joins us now. Mark, good morning. Congratulations. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Thank you. Does that surprise you? Um, yes, it is a long time. Um, yeah, we've got a smaller team now, but, yeah, I would have thought we might have had three winners in between times. But, um, anyway, the record speaks for themselves, and we haven't, but uh, we did it Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to that, so when you trained that last treble, that's the Green Bank days because when you think about what's happened between back then and now, you guys have moved and you've set up this brand new property. So we're talking the old property of Green Bank. Yeah, that's right. That'd have to be when we are at Park Ridge for sure. Yeah, okay. There you have it. There you have it. So did that surprise you with the way the horses performed? Because... They were all very impressive in their own right. Captain Nemo always being me and Matatoki the Trotter. Yeah, well, look, we had the four runners in, and, uh, you know, as you do, you go to the race, you have four, four really good chances, but it's the odds are always against you. you. You just don't seem to get the four winners, even though you think you've got four really good chances. But uh, Saturday night, it, uh, it worked out all right, and we had a couple of decent draws, which goes a long way these days, and, yeah, got the job done. Yeah, that, that's crucial, getting some uh, luck with barrier draws. Captain Nemo, firstly, I want to ask this. Is this the best you've had him since he's been under your care? Yeah, look, he, he's racing really good. Um, last time in, he, he just didn't come up right, and he's had a lot of racing. Um, the campaign before that, um, look, he raced pretty good, and, you know, like, he raced tough and strong against horses like Big Wheels and all that. So he, he wasn't far off those sort of horses. The previous campaign, but um, definitely at the moment, I think he's, he's going really good. Yeah, he just seems like he's a, a foolish, uh, a fully furnished product now. He's matured into himself. He's a lovely big style of a horse, but he's showing good versatility. He can lead, he can do work, and he can chase him down. Yeah, that's a good thing about him. You know, he's, uh, he's not one dimensional. If you've, you've got to get going early, you can put him into the race. And as you know, a lot of times... Um, Elby Park, if you don't put him to the race, it, it just you struggle to win. Yep, fair enough. Always being me, I was so happy to see this mare win because whilst her record is very good overall, it could be that little bit better. But as you've outlined, she's had no luck with barrier draws throughout her career and she's been dogged by bad luck when it's mattered at a crucial stage. So she really deserved that performance there on Saturday night. Uh, it was great to see, 53-4. So uh, how, how did you... Right, her effort. Oh, look, her, her win was super. Like, to do the work she did early um, and then to come off the back of the other horse and, and still running down, that's a pretty tidy effort. Um, not, many, not many horses can do that after running such a quick first quarter, which, you know, go back how far to, you know, to go any quicker than that even. You know, like, that's, yeah. that's super quick. Yeah, that's certainly one of the fastest first quarters I've seen. So... Were you fearing the worst uh, once that uh, first quarter popped up on the board? Yeah, that wasn't the first word that came into my mind at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but as you can imagine, but um, look, when the other horse come around, 
Matthew did the smartest thing and said, look, you know, he couldn't keep burning. He had to let it go and and at least drive to run second. You know, we always had that in mind. That we we're going to run second once the other one went around and found the lead. But um, to her credit, you know, like she's just such a great tryer and that, and she, she never gives up, you know, and she was, she was strong on the line. Yeah, absolutely. It was a 27-7 last quarter after running the opening, splitting 25-7, PB performance. Is she a little bit like Captain Nemo as she's got older, she's got stronger, she's matured really well? Yeah, well, she has. You know, like, early days, I've always liked her, you know. I've always thought of a little bit of her, and, you know, I've said that to a couple of drivers that have driven. I said, you know, this is a nice filly, you know, we've just got to look after her and that she's not quite there yet, but uh, she's going to make the grade. And um, as she progressed through the oaks and all those sort of races, she just got better and better. And had she not been dogged by such bad barrier draws, you know, like triads, all those sort of things, you know, like she just would have been, you know, right amongst them, except for, you know, bad luck sort of thing. Yeah, no doubt. Any future plans for her coming up? Oh, look, we'll just take it as they come at the moment, you know. Um, any few bred races and all that, we'll just sort of keep aiming a lot of those races. And uh, she is four now, so, you know, it's getting less and less. But, look, I, I would imagine at this stage, you know, we'll be looking at some of the better mares races come winter time and that. You know, and yeah. I think she'll probably make the step the way she's going. Yeah, absolutely. And Saturday night was a, a great illustration of that. Uh, the last winner for the stables, the last race on Saturday night, the Trotter Matatoki. He, he's been a good old stalwart for the stable, hasn't he? Just... Uh, Keeps on keeping on. Yeah, he does. You know, he's no superstar. He, he probably just lacked that little bit of high speed. But, uh, look, he's done a great job, you know, and had a lot of fun over the years with him. He's, he's getting on a bit now. But, um, look, he just keeps on racing good, you know, consistently. And he's a good trier. And nine times out of ten, he trots good, which is a, a big bonus too. Yeah, absolutely. So the only runner, uh, the only runner you missed out with there on Saturday night was Tommy Lincoln, but he ran a cracking race fourth in that uh, first race, which was the Open there on Saturday night. Yeah, no, he, he, he went super. Like he's he's probably just a length of two of the best ones, but look, he's more than competitive. It just comes down to a little bit of luck in the run or barrier draws, and if he gets that right sort of run, like he's he's not far off the best one. Mm. Uh, you've got three runners today, so you're straight back into it today. Uh, we start with race three, number two, Just Call Me Molly. The start's crucial for her. If she gets it right, she's well up to winning this race. Well, that, that's right, Chris. If she if she does everything okay off the mark and trots around the first bend good, look, I think she's really hard to beat. You know, um, the work's been good. Um, I can't really fault her. And more than happy. And as, as you said, it's the start to everything for her, you know. You'll know your fate going to the back the first time. That's for sure. Okay. Race six, number 10. She's all style. You've got this mare absolutely flying. Probably career best form right now. This is a good challenge today, though. The outside of the second row over the mile. Yeah, look, Chris, it, it, it looks tough for her. Um, up and coming three-year-olds, they, they look really hard to beat, especially from the barrier draws, you know. Um, look, if I... If I front of place, I'd be over the moon, you know, but from the barrier draw, I just think it's got a lot, lot of things against it, that's for sure. Okay, and your final runner today, race nine, number one, Apollo Dreams, in many ways, he's such an interesting horse, he's unbeaten, two for two, he's by a boom young stallion in Huntsville, how do you rate this guy, Mark? 
I look, I think he's a nice horse, Chris. Um, he's probably probably six months off being the you know, the furnished package, but uh, look, he, he's a really nice horse, ability-wise. Um, you know, he's as good as anything in the race. It's, it's just his own manners at the moment. He's very green. He got into uh, a bad scrimmage there. He's first up a race, which is a come-and-no race. And the uh, horse just careered into about four of us. You know, he got knocked right and I got tipped out. And the horse took more from that. You know, so he had a really bad experience that first start. He's still really timid and uh, very greedy. He looks at a lot of things, but the ability's there. And, uh, you know, I think he'll make a really nice horse. Do you expect him to, to win again today? Well, I do. I, I think he's really hard to beat. You know, I'd be surprised if he gets beat. It's only through bad luck or something goes wrong, you know. But, um, other than that, you know, if you're racing one on one with most of them, I'm sure he'd be able. Okay. So, long term, we're looking maybe Whitaker Carnival. He could furnish into a derby prospect, but the triad is obviously going to be a key target race for him. Yeah, the triad, obviously. Um, but, yeah, look, the derby's there on the cards at this stage. Um, as I said, I, I think he's six months away off being the right sort of horse. You know, he's just got to learn to, to do it all properly. And, you know, he's, as I said, he's still very timid. And, a little bit scared out there at the moment, but um, ability-wise, you know, he, he's right up there with some of the nice two-year-olds I've had, so I don't think, um, you know, ability-wise, we've got any worries about that, that's for sure. Good news. Well, you've had some nice ones. There's no doubt about that. I'm sure Steve wants to ask a question, but I've got to bring it up. Norwell's been announced. We haven't spoken to you since the announcement's been made. How far is it from, from your current residence now? Oh, Chris, it's, um, it's either 8 minutes and 9K or it's 8K and 9 minutes. So, it's, so you um, won't have too many traffic issues then? <laughs> no, it'll be pretty good. I'll be uh, quite happy about it, that's for sure. Yeah. So was, was that music to your ears, hearing that Norwell is going to be the new home for harness racing in Queensland? Oh, look, it, it's great for me. You know, it's, as I said, it's just around the corner type of thing, you know, so that's great, but... I think down the track, it's uh, it's just a go-ahead area. Um, you know, there's a lot of things happening around that area, and that you know, you'll find there's the housing like it's just booming around, like near where the strawberry farm is, which is only another six or seven minutes away as well. So I mean, all around there, there's so many houses going in there now. So the population is really starting to grow around the area, and um, that's the next sort of parcel of land that's going to be developed. So you know, in years to come, I getting bigger and bigger around Okay. One obvious question I've got to ask. What size track would you like to see built at Norwell, given that you've raised horses throughout North America, here in Queensland and in most states of, of Australia, what size track would be ideal for Norwell? As a spectacle, probably a thousand metres. Um, and if you start going any bigger, then you have the issue of how you start them. And that's the Probably the biggest problem with mile racing, um, you know, where do you started if you had a 1,200-metre track? What do you have to go to 1,400 metres and say you can let them go down the straight? You know, it's a lot of those sort of things. But spectacle-wise, I think the 1,000-metre track is, you know, it's good for the public, you know. Okay. Well, it's going to be very interesting, no doubt about it. I really appreciate the time. Congratulations for the treble on Saturday night, the Metro treble, and who knows, hopefully there's a few more winners to come for the stable today. It sounds great. Thanks, Chris.
There's Mark Ducks joining us. So he's got the three runners today. Just Call Me Molly, race three, number two, race six, number ten, She's All Style, race nine, number one, Apollo Dreams. Charlie Cini is about to join me now because he's got some runners today. Queensland, Albion Park, staging the first two-year-old race of the new year. And it's drawn together a field of six, down to five with a scratching now of the one horse. Charlie's online. Charlie, appreciate the time. Morning, Chris. Thanks a lot. Hey, before we talk about today's runners, we're just talking to Mark Ducks about Norwell. So how far would Norwell be from you and, and, and Chrissy Monty, your, your wife? Five minutes from gate to gate. Wow, so you, you don't have any traffic issues in forthcoming? Nothing, mate. Straight there. Just cane fields. Gee, it must be a, a really strong harness racing hub then because we've spoken to a lot of participants. They all seem to live, live fairly close. So who are your neighbours, Charlie? Uh, Mark Ducks, well, he's about three kilometres down the road. And I've got Bevan Lemon, he's just down the road too. He's on Norwell Road, the galloping trainer. he got the sand mining business. Yes, yeah. Okay. Shannon Rosie, is he not too far away? What was that, mate? Sorry? Shannon Price is not too far away? Yeah, she's only 10 minutes. She's behind the gym pub. Yeah, Charlie, old place. It's Steve, just in regards to rainfall, if we get some heavy falls in that area, it's quite low-lying, some parts of it. How do you think it would cope with, with a rain event or mate, something? Steve, you know, it's all cane paddocks, and it's been cane paddocks for over 100 years. They've got to put a lot of pipe systems in and that, but my private track at home, if we get 20 inches of rain in one night, I can pass work. You know, if you've got a good track, the rain only helps the track. Excellent. What size track would you like to see built there at uh, Norwell, Charlie? Mate, just my own opinion, a 1,000 metres is fine for me, you know, but, you know, a lot of the big boys want bigger tracks, but I think the spectacle-wise, a 1,000 metres, you can't beat it. So just to and it gives every horse a chance. Yeah, 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 Parkland's track was the best track in Australia, so, you know, yeah. we had no troubles there when we had Inter Dominions. Well, exciting times, no question about that. Let's focus on your runners today. Race one, number one, Naughty Naughty. He steps up in grade today. How do you assess this guy, the trotter? Mate, I haven't had him that long. He's had a spell. He won first up. He's won over 2,600 in New Zealand. You know, I think he'll go very good second up. Okay. He's trained on well since that you know, first pretty foolproof. Yeah, he's in good shape. He's in good shape. I think he'll, I'll know he's there. All right. Now, this two-year-old race, always intriguing two-year-old races, in particular the first two-year-old event of the season. Bronski Zulu for yourself and, and your wife, Chrissy's got... She left a lot of blank. They both look good in the recent trials and education uh, workouts. Yeah, they're just learning. They're, they're typical two-year-olds. They've, you know, a month ago they weren't doing much and they've come to hand pretty quick. Bronski Zulu's probably got more point-to-point -point speed than the filly, but she's a good stayer, so she's drawn a bit wide, so he's probably got the edge on her today, I think. Okay. They both come from great families, don't they? Notorious producing families, so uh, they look like they're going to, uh, you know, earn their fair share of the uh, the keep as well for the family. Yeah, well, both sides of the Gildan and the fillies, there's plenty of winners the last 30 years in the family, so... I think they're shaping up to, you know, following the footsteps. Okay. Now, you mentioned you haven't done a great deal with them, but 
you've tuned out a lot of good youngsters over a long period of time. How do these guys sort of measure up at this stage right now? Well, mate, normally I don't get them going as quick as they trolled the other day, but, you know, they wouldn't have went that quick in the troll, but the one in the death seat attacked the filly and they just sort of went 28 to the first quarter. So they weren't out there to go that quick, but they just done it. They've got natural ability. They go as good as any I've had, to put it that way. Okay. Uh, Clayton Harmy's got a couple of runners here, so that's an interesting element to this race as well. Uh, they're obviously first starters also, so it's going to be interesting to see who measures up best, the, the locals or the, the horses from Newcastle. Yeah, well, they've got to meet each other because they stayed here Sunday at home with the others, so they've got to know each other at home, so we'll see how they go on the racetrack. Okay. In your final runner today, race nine, number four, Bronski Delight. Group one place, this Felici second up. What are the expectations today? I think she's in good shape. Um, probably the one's the hardest to beat, Mark Duff's horse, but uh, she, she's very sharp, so I know she's there. Mm. Can't really take anything out of that first up run, can we? It was just purely a sprint home. Well, they went slow the first half and then kicked home 600 metres. And when she pulled out four wide, they went and got home, you know, in 27, the leader. And the ones that beat her home all got up the inside her. So I was happy enough with the run. She only got beat 10 metres and come four wide. Mm. Do you think she's improved from the two-year-old campaign? Could she measure up in better races again this year? Do you think she could be an Oaks type of filly? Well, everyone lives in hope. She's got the breeding to be an Oaks filly, so hopefully she progresses, you know, when them races come round. All right. Well, four really good chances today. Hopefully there's a winner amongst them for you. Really appreciate the time, as always, Charlie, and we'll see you trackside. Good as gold, Chris. Thanks a lot. There's Charlie Seney joining us. So uh, just around the corner, both of our guests from the uh, the new home for harness racing, Steve, Mark Ducks and Charlie Senior. They're both down there in Norwell. So uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting for those guys uh, when, you know, construction starts to be, uh, you know, implemented and, and things are moving. So, uh, yeah, good time, that's for sure. Yeah, we sure. should probably get David Brick maybe on the air again in a few months, Chris, and just get a, another update as to how we're progressing with that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. So uh, leave that with me. Uh, our man who joins us each and every Tuesday is online, patiently waiting, racetrack Ralphie. Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. What's the good oil for today? Okay, yeah, have a look at him and I'm going race four, number three, water roller. Now, he's a speedy pacer and he's chasing back-to-back wins here at the creek today. And that's following on from his excellent effort last start. And he ran a time of 1.53 neat. And the form from that race has certainly stood up with at least two winners coming from it. And that included Saturday night winner in uh, Woodley Diego. Now, today, I, I think uh, Talia McMullen can lead again with him and, uh, and keep him rolling along before powering up over the concluding stages and going on for the win. And I think he looks very hard to beat. So we're race four, number three, what a roller. Okay, so what a roller. Race four, number three, our best bet today at Albion Park. Uh, a lot to look forward to. We're fresh into a new year. Mark Dykes with that treble on Saturday night. A lot to look forward to again this weekend. Just looking at the fields early. Really good free-for-all there on Saturday night. A couple of the big boys back in action. Blacks are fake. Turn it up. So there's something to look forward to on Saturday night. 
Yeah, I think um, that, that clash between Turning Up and Black Sedan, they're going to be highlights all the way up to through to the carnival. And, and of course, you've got to throw in Mac Da Vinci as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Ralphie, as always, appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside here later today. All right. Thanks, Chris. So there's Racetrack Ralphie joining us, repeating his best bet. Race four, number three, what a roller to lead all of the way. Steve, just some other news. We mentioned earlier about uh, the, the Shepparton Cup being the feature this Saturday night. Rock and roll dude pleasing Anthony Butt last night at the trials. Uh, the Kiwis are set to arrive tomorrow. So that's copy that, the dual New Zealand Cup champion and Old Town Road, who's a real speed machine for uh, John and Josh Dickey. So they will both touch down tomorrow. And just on copy that, I did speak with Merv Butterworth over the weekend just to find out what they're doing as far as the driving engagement is concerned with copy that. Last time he campaigned in Victoria, they utilised the local driver. Nathan Jack had the drive. This time they're bringing across champion Kiwi Rainsman Blair Orange. So he's going to be driving copy that in both the Ballarat Cup and the Hunter Cup before he returns to New Zealand and Old Town Road. I'm led to believe that Josh Dickey will drive him in the Ballarat Cup. Maybe Zach Butcher comes across to drive him in the Hunter Cup, but that's yet to be confirmed. And Cranbourne, which is a horse, a really good New Zealand open class performer, he's recently been sold. He's come to Australia. He's now under the care of David Aiken. Ultimately, he's bound for North America. He trialled last week at uh, Shepparton. Uh, David Aiken told me that he was really happy with the trial. He did put in a late nomination for the Shepparton Cup. So this Shepparton Cup, it's going to be very interesting to see that final field later today, but uh, it's shaping as a really good race. So don't be surprised if Cranbourne uh, is there starting on Saturday night. And Hurricane Harley, I think he was amongst nominations as well. Back from Perth. Little disappointing over there. He's now back with Emma Stewart, uh, Clayton Tonkin. He was amongst nominations as well. So we look forward to those fields coming up later today. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Steve.